It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast. Happy Monday. Subscribe if you haven't yet to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. Send us an email, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, guess my PR, internet coach. Some segments that we've been doing. Uh, we started last week actually on those. So if you want to participate, send it in. On Friday, we did the Doha recap pod. This is going to be primarily about those NCAA conference championships where we had, as expected, a lot of top-notch performances, a lot of very interesting races that are going to set the stage for the NCAA championships. Gordon, good morning. How are you? Doing good. Uh, great weekend all around, track and field-wise. Exciting stuff. Not much else to add. Uh, yeah, I don't have any interesting quid bits or tidbits or things to say. Um Let's yeah. get into it then, huh? Know. Let's just get right into it. Yeah, it's, it's a track and field it. podcast. Let's get right into it. Yeah, we're going to jump around with uh, basically, I don't know, eight, ten of the best performances. Twelve. We might we might extend it after that. But let's start first at the SEC championships. We got the much-anticipated race between Favre Ophelia of LSU and Abby Steiner of Kentucky. And it went to Ophelia. She wins the 100 in 1093, comes back, wins the 200 in 2204. Very close races, very competitive races, but Ophelia shows why she is the collegiate record holder in the 200 and shows why she's been so consistent this whole outdoor season. Just a very impressive run for her um, and probably a big confidence boost heading into the last stage of this season. Yeah, and also was a member of the winning four by one. So pulled off the triple. Mm. Um, LSU has a history of having this happen a lot at SECs. I believe Terrence Laird pulled off the triple. I believe there was another guy. Uh, I think Nathaniel Mitchell Blake might've pulled off the triple a few years back, but LSU and one, two, four by one SEC trifectas. It's a common thing. Um, and yeah, favor of Philly after Breaking the collegiate record was now a month or so ago. She has mm -hmm. not missed a beat. This was the big challenge, right? This was the big unknown. All right, let's see what happens when you go up against the NCAA indoor champion. And she met that match, like, to perfection. It wasn't even mm -hmm. close. I mean, 10.93 into a headwind. It's legit. 22.04, that's, le that's legit. So it's not like it was, like, weird, mm -hmm. weird result type wins no they were like true wins true fast times um she went three for three and uh i, I we get to see him, hopefully we get to see him race again at the east prelims i don't think we will they'll probably be staggered in different heats mm -hmm. but i do know that in a month from now it's the the stakes will be higher and there's going to be mm -hmm. even more 
of an attention on the 200 and the 100. And uh, we'll see if Abby can respond. I think Abby has just as much of the chance to win NCAAs, but Favorophilia, Ophelia has equal chance. Like, she's, they're now, I mean, I went into this race considering Abby Steiner the favorite. Now I come mm -hmm. out with Favor and Abby are co favorites. You can't just dismiss Abby Steiner's season yet because, you know, again, second places and running the indoor collegiate record, that's it's got to count for something. She split, we'll talk about that. She split 48 seconds on a four by four. So it's not like Abby's mm -hmm. like off the chart, but Favor no, now no. has to be legitimately considered as the favorite. And rightfully so. You, she, she got her wins. She has the time and now she has her wins. And now we'll see what she mm. can do in, in a month or so. She's just been so consistent. And that's why yeah. I, I disagree a bit. I, I think Ophelia should be considered the favorite. Beginning of April, 11 flat. The Tom Jones meet, 2196. Uh, end of April, 1090. Now it was a plus 4.2. All right. A week later, LSU invite, 1093, 2.0. And then 1093 and 2204. Like She is that type of runner. She is a 10... <laughs> You know, 10-9 runner, 21-9 runner, who, when you put her in the championship season, can potentially even go a level up. You talked about the history of LSU. I mean, just think of the women's side recently. Think of how many 100-meter champions they yeah. have. Richardson, Hobbs, Makai Briscoe. Just recently, you go even farther back, it's insane how many times um, the women have, have won the 100-meter title. So pretty interesting stuff there. Pretty cool race shaping up, as expected, um, for the women's. 200 let's stick with the sprints let's stick with the sprints melissa jefferson of coastal carolina goes out at the sunbelt conference championship 10.88 we've seen a lot of wind dated times this year gordon but this is the fastest win legal time in all of the ncaa you were there indoors when she won the 60 it was considered an upset don't think it's an upset anymore. Yeah, you'd want a lot of times there are flash in the pan indoor performances that don't really pan out outdoors. And there was thought that maybe Melissa Jefferson wasn't gonna be able to translate to the hundred that well. I mean, look at our six what's what's the so who was the one, the, the female who the Polish woman? Who hey, well Sabota. The yeah, Sabota. She hasn't been doing much on the outdoor season yet at all. Uh, so you, you kind of have to look at 60 times with a grain of salt. But Jefferson now, 1088 legal. Yeah. Like, that's Number the five. real deal. And you have to consider her potentially. I mean, she won 60 indoors. She's run 1088 outdoors. You are, you are the favorite. As weird as it is, no, normally you don't see athletes from the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina world being the sprint heavy favorites, but you know, after indoors, she ran 11 flat, 1108, 1108, and now 1088. You talk about mm -hmm. consistency for favor. Uh, Melissa Jefferson's yeah. doing the same thing, but even now at a faster pace, look at this uh, one tweet by coach Goodman, Carl Goodman, high school PR for Jefferson, 1203 and now 1088. <laughs> Go from 12.03 to 10.88. Almost yeah. a second and a half off your time in yeah. 100. 
and see. Yeah. And you're right. Not everybody's able to move from 60 success to 100 meter success. But man, we have some. We have an interesting women. I mean, the women's 200 is going to be awesome, obviously, because we think it's, as you mentioned, Ophelia and Steiner. But the 100, there's so many women who have run fast marks this year. Now, a lot of them have been windy. Uh, Jefferson's wasn't. And she's right in there. She's right in there. But I think it's a completely wide open women's 100 meter race. Um, yeah, I watched this race too. It's like you'd think with a little more competition. Right? She can go up. I mean, she wasn't really pushed. Fair to say? In this one? I mean... Yeah, I mean, some belt. It's, it's, so. it, well, it's just different. It's different between this and an SEC championship. Right? Yes. She won 10, 1088 to 11.22. SECs, it just feels like you have to run a PR. You have to put up an all-time top 10 mark almost. To win an SEC make a final race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. This is a bit different for for Jefferson, right? So maybe that, that competition could take her up even another level. We can see something even even quicker. More sprint stuff. More women's sprint stuff. What's our lane this morning, Gordon? Let's go to Big 12s. So Julian Alfred of Texas, uh, what she goes, 10-8 in a prelim. Right? 10 8 yep. in a prelim. And then comes back and then does it again in the final. Her prelim time, though, um, wait, so wind legal. So she was, okay. Yeah. Correction then. So, Je- so Jefferson's 88 isn't the fastest. Correct. Wind legal. See, here's the, here's the issue. No, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Tifers and they put the final time in there and they didn't put the semi in there. Why would they do that? That's crazy. Hmm. What are All you right. looking at? This, um, what do you mean? Tifers. Tifers. That's not true. Yeah, they got the they have 1083 with the 2.4 on there. They don't have the 1081. My apologies. Delete the entire segment that I said before. I don't have that. Um, I just I I see 1081 on my list. I got Barnes. Let's see. Hold on. Women's hundred. Let's fix this real quick. It says 1083 because they have to round it up because of altitude conversion. I know, but look at the right side and wind. It says 2.4. Yeah, because 1080 is faster than 1081. Oh, okay. But they're they're keeping the windy ones. Dang. Mess it up. My apologies. In any event, fast in the prelim, fast in the final. Three other women. also sub 10-9 here. I mean, just incredibly, incredibly quick marks, as you mentioned, at altitude in, in Lubbock. So another person that's in the mix for All a 100-meter right. uh, title. So you got Favor and Abby. You got Julian Alfred now running 10-8s. You have Melissa Jefferson running 10-8s. Uh, Kemba Nelson, she was good. You know, Kemba Nelson's run 11 flat, but... S- s- Salira Barnes, she ran well at the Texas Relays. Wendy, what's your pecking order right now? What you're seeing right now are the wind legal marks on the screen. But what's your pecking order? Yeah. Good. I like the wind legal ones. Let's just let's keep it all in one spot. Well, two for the two or the one? One. Okay, one. I mean, I'm not going to discount 
Ophelia at all. I think she's in there, but I, I kind of like Jefferson because we know she's a big meat runner. She ran against a lot of these women indoors in the 60 and came out with the win. And now she's got a fast 100 PB. So I, I'd put her one. I'm looking at your top 10 right now. Steiner. This Jefferson, was pre SECs for the record. This, these rankings are from before SECs. Yeah. Yeah. I, let me, let me, let me rephrase. How many do you think can win the hundred? I think four women can win. I think Ophelia, Jefferson, Steiner, and Alfred can win. Okay. And I think that's fair. I mean, those other, as you mentioned, those other Texas women were moving. And Texas Tech women. Kavana Davis, 1088, and then Rosemary Chuck Wuma, 1083 and 1088 for, for those two. But I, yeah, I agree with that list. Four? Yeah. Four women. All right. Let's go to the men's side uh, for a moment here. Let's talk about the two and the one that just seemed to be a hot topic this weekend. Uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Fonbelay, Matthew Bowling, got to see them race again, which is always a lot of fun. Bowling gets the win, though, 20.01. Got out to a good start, put the pressure on Fonbelay early, which is what we expected. And the deficit was just too big this time, Gordon. There just was not enough track. Fonbelay, again, got off to that slow start, rallied. But against someone like Bowling, it's pretty tough to make up that ground. He goes 10 13. Um, bowling earlier in the 100, got fourth, I believe, behind Favor Ash. So was out for a little bit of redemption here, but a good win. A good win. I mean, we know how good Fonbelay is. Yeah, I mean, we kind of remember that viral Fonbelay win over bowling earlier this year. We had the awful start, and he kicked down bowling and and won it on that Florida track. Uh, bowling has been consistent this year. He hasn't done anything flashy yet. He hasn't done anything like whoa, like the way some of the women have. But he's been consistent, mm-hmm. and I kind of like where he's at. I don't think he's ever going to be doing well in the hundred. I don't think the hundred is his wheelhouse. I think he's more of a two four guy. I really think he mm-hmm. should just be. Maybe a four-two guy, not a two-four. Like focus more on the four, but he's going to be in the mix in the in the two hundred. I mean, Javante Harding, he ran all right this weekend at his uh, conference championship. Um, mm-hmm. But you run nineteen nine. There's not many people doing that at the college level. Obviously, when you get to beyond the college college level, it's a whole different world. So bowling may mm-hmm. want to stay in college as long as possible. Stay away from those big guns at the pro level, um, but. Yeah, I think, hey, we had a lot of expectation of bowling going in indoors. Didn't work out. I, think, I don't know why. I mean, it's just, it's maybe unrealistic expectations to say one guy is going to like do four different events and be top three in yeah. all four and just change the, the game. But like, I think he's kind of staying low key. You know, he doesn't win the SEC 100, which is fine. He gets fourth, but he does win the 200. He beats a, an Olympic mm-hmm. finalist in Joseph Fabula. So yeah. he he's setting himself up to hopefully have a good NCAA outdoor championship this year. We'll see what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. I think if he's, if he stays focused and doesn't kind of ignore the noise, I think he can find a way to get his first NCAA championship. 
Well, you there? I think I thought you were going to zag and say he should do the long jump 400 double. I mean, did he jump the long jump at SECs even? He didn't. He did not. Yeah. I think that's a good move. I th- maybe you should stay away from the long jump, you know? Just you, also, you also took an NCAA title away from him. You said his first title, one indoors. You're talking what did you win? The 200 last year? You won that? 2001? <laughs> Man, see, the wind reading's got me win? confused, but at least you're can. At least I remember. What did he win? He's he's won an NCAA title. No, he hasn't. Has he? Yes, 2000, 2021, man. Last year, you weren't there at that one, so maybe it didn't count because you weren't there. Yeah, there it is. There it is. See, you had me questioning everything I knew about track and field. I got I got one little wind reading thing all screwed up in my my head, and now my confidence is gone. I'm like the Phoenix Suns in the first quarter yesterday. All right, first outdoor title. How about that? Change it up. First outdoor title. Yeah, Colt's going to have to edit around that one. Whoops. Sorry, Colt. All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's go down a distance to the 100, and we can, we can broaden this to, to answer the question that you asked about the women, which is who are the favorites. But we had two really good sprint doubles, Makai Williams of Oregon and Makai Harris of Texas. Harris wind aided at that Texas Tech track, 993, and then 1972, Makai Williams was 993, 20.01. Which one do you think was better? I mean, Makai Harris. You had 19.7, dude. Like, come on. Makai Harris? I know it's at altitude and it's a lot, a lot more windy. But Makai Harris. 3.8. Definitely. First of all, who has... A better way of saying spelling their name. And what happened with Makai Harris with the way they spell that name? Because let me tell you, that looks like a typo. I don't know about you, but M-I-C-A-I-A-H looks like a typo. Feels like there's an extra I and an extra A somewhere in there. They need to fix the way he spells his name. I like the way the man from Oregon spells his name as opposed to the man from Texas. No, but 1972 and a 200, that's... Again, it was windy and it's at altitude, but that's what Olympic champions run. I mean, that's what Noah Lyles just ran, you know? So I, I think uh, that 19.7 from Harris definitely puts it over the top. And should Harris be a sleeper for making the world team the 200 now? I think he was always in the mix last Last couple of years, we've talked about him since 20, 2019. I think, I think each of them impressed in their non-focus event. So for Harris, it was dropping down to the 100 and running that fast. I mean, the 1970, yeah, it's like, whoa. Um, but I knew, you know, when you factor in the wind and the altitude, it's like, all right, that's in line with what this guy is, is capable of. Um, Makai Williams, I thought was, it was impressive to run 20-0 in the 200. We know how good he is in the hundred. His start is just still is just one of the most entertaining things to watch in track and field. Makai Williams, he gets out so quickly. So I don't know how I would I know um Burnett pulled up in that hundred and then in the SEC hundred, 
I don't know if anybody really distinguished themselves. So I think coming out of this weekend, you you look at Makai Williams being the 100-meter favorite. Um, when you look at uh, World Athletics, they find a way to kind of calculate wind-aided marks and headwind marks to kind of just rank them. Right now, Knighton's 19.49 is number one. Number two is Lyles' 19.72. Number three is Fred Curley's 19.75. Number four is Michael Norman's 19.83. And then number five in the freaking world is Makai Harris's 19.72. So are they putting altitude in there too? Yeah, they keep track of all that. Results score. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's calculated. No, he's a great 200. He's a great 200 meter runner. And I would put him in there with bowling and, and Fanbele in the, in, in the 200. That's what I'm saying. Each, the, each guy going and, and excelling though, in their, in their off distance, the 100 to 200 was, was a good sign for both of them. Do you agree that Williams is the hundred favorite now? Yeah. Williams is the hundred favorite, but I wanted to change this conversation to Harris might be making one of the hardest world teams to make. Which is the men's two hundred for the U.S. And I think we're yeah, I think look, he's in the mix. I don't. Okay, who's he beating? Is he beating Knighton? No. Is he beating Curly? No. Okay, so then there's so one the spot, spot left. So it's you get the third is spot. Him, him versus everybody. Yeah, it's just long odds because you have one. You have one spot left. If you can, already... I can see him beating Kenny Bednarik right now. Bednarik hasn't done anything. Okay. Well, it's got to be – it's everybody, though. It's not just him. Because w- when you take away two of the three spots already, Lyles has a bye, remember, that, that's challenging. If you're already saying two of the three are spoken for, then it's just one other person that needs to do oh, it. No, I think Harris. I would take I Harris over enough. a field of Benaric, Coleman, Isaiah Young, Kyrie King, Cravon Gillespie, just all those other sprinters I can think of. Not 200. The NCAA athletes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we're going to come back to the sprints in a second to close, but let's do a little distance break here. Caitlin Tui at the ACC championships just put on her foot on the gas and then did not let up at all. I mean, <laughs> this was a statement race. At, at a conference meet. We've seen people do this before. We've seen people run really quick at conference championships. Um, even when everybody just says, oh, it's just about winning. It's just about winning. It's not about time. It's not about margin just to get the victory. We've seen people try to go for it. But to run 406 from the front, PR, I mean, that makes you think, which event is she going to do? Now, we know how good she was in the three and the five indoors and uh i don't i think back to penn right obviously very disappointed in that four by 15 but she ran this 15 the same way she did there which is she just went for it right at penn she didn't wait she didn't play any games she didn't try to outkick anybody it was just like i'm gonna go i'm gonna run my 1500 and she ran according to the splits we have faster than she'd ever run before and in this race she goes three seconds quicker than that like 406 is it's getting down there, Gordon. Yeah, she definitely ran with a lot of rage from that 4x15 from Penn Relays. It was all 
pent up emotion. She let it all out in the ACC final because she did not. I mean, she had, she was in, she basically threw down the kick. She was still like neck and neck with second place with a lap to go. Yeah. It was all in that yeah. final lap that she destroyed the field. That gets a good question though. Should she do the 1500 at NCAAs? You could see the argument for it. We will find out soon that this week is when you make your official declarations. So I think we'll know by like Wednesday or Thursday what she's choosing mm -hmm. to do. She probably will. I'm not sure if the 5K 15 double is doable. You might be able to enter both and then scratch one when you don't make one or the other. That might be a thing. I'm not sure exactly. But Tui, man, she's continues to improve. There always was, I mean, she gets this question a lot. There's always that big worry like, will it be stagnation from your high school phenomness, right? And I think when you look at the two high school phenoms on both the men's and women's side, they both kind of started out slow. I'm talking about yeah. Nico Young and Caitlin Tui, where the freshman year, they kind of didn't do anything too crazy. Nico Young doesn't qualify for the outdoor championship. Caitlin Tui's dealing with mm -hmm. some injuries. They're not winning cross country title. Like they're not like winning individual races that often. But now, as both these high school phenoms are in their sophomore slash third years at their school, I believe third year now. Yeah, right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, second year, I guess. Second year, COVID. It's weird. They now have had a really good job of being steady and slow progression. So now you could argue, Caitlin Tui and Nico Young are like the future of NCA track. They might win titles this year, but they're going to be the overwhelming heavy favorites going into next year once all the seniors leave, um, which is mm -hmm. the great progression that you want. You know, you, you want to be able to have that base from a phenomenal high school year and translate it into legitimate titles. Grant Fisher didn't win his first title to sophomore year. He, you know, now mm -hmm. Nico Young's running 13-10. He's going to... He, Nico's not going to win this year, but could win next year. Kaylin Tui's probably going to win her first title maybe this outdoor season. We'll see. If not, she's 100% going to win it in 2023. And you just kind of like how these coaches have been able to take these talents and not waste it and trust the process, trust the time, trust that they have four to five years under their tutelage and they're able to translate well. Kaylin Tui is, look at that, 406, right? If you would have told someone after 2020 when Caitlin's hurt that she's going to run 406 her sophomore year, you'd be like, yeah, all right, I'll take that. And yeah. now, and that's what you need to do. You need to be a 406 to four flat runner in order to be a great 5k runner anyway. So it's, it shows that she's setting herself up for, you know, four years down the road when she's trying to make world teams, you need to have speed. All right. You said, trust the process. That means it's time to move on. Uh, let's go back to SECs. I want to talk about that four by four for a moment because we know AM had the women's collegiate record last year. I think Mo part of that team. This meet produced a classic. Kentucky breaks the collegiate record, and there were just some ridiculous splits. Britton Wilson of Arkansas, who we're going to talk more about in a moment, split 48 6. Steiner split 48 8. And Cherokee Young of Texas AM split 48 9. But it was Kentucky getting the win. But every one of those main teams had a sub 49 second split. Alexis Holmes anchored it for Kentucky. 
you know, their coach, Coach Green, is like big on the four by four, going back to his, you know, even the, the Purdue days, right? When USC caught Purdue, it was it, it was his team there who was hanging on trying to get that four by four title. So it's something um that they that he's always wanted. Um so this is shaping up to be an amazing event. But that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see um those three teams collaborate for that ridiculous of a time. So 31, 30, 321.92, Texas A&M, a tenth of a second behind, 322. And then Arkansas, who ran ridiculously fast indoors. I mean, they had a great race. It's just that happens, and it seems like it happens a lot at SECs. It's like you run an all-time mark and get third. It's just yeah. part of it. I mean, Arkansas is the indoor record holders, right? Yeah. Did they break the indoor record this year? Yeah, three teams all running 322 or faster. It's insane. All in the same conference, insane. We'll get to see them all again for NCAAs. I mean, I could see – I mean, maybe we'll see a 320. I mean, we're, we're slowly getting closer and closer to a sub-320 for the women. I mean, look at these mm-hmm. marks. Kentucky, A&M, top two all-time now. It's, it's, it's wild. So, pretty cool. Yeah, I asked – uh chris johnson about that after indoors though he's the arkansas coach because they yeah they ran what did they run here 324 at sec 324 low and i'm yeah and i was thinking about a and m outdoor last year i was like do you think 320 is possible and uh at least it's in the run i don't remember what he said i have to go back and watch the end i mean he wasn't like absolutely yes or absolutely no but um it's in the realm of possibilities, and that's like crazy to have. That's a fit. That's a, you know you're averaging fifties at that point, right? To get to three twenty, yeah. so that's just. I mean, the, most teams are lucky to have one person who runs that fast. Um, so is this the is this the outdoor list or the indoor list, Travis? That we have up right here. It's the outdoor list. Outdoor list. All right, you can pull up the indoor one. I just want to see the how many of the how many of that top ten is like the last couple of years. Oh, it feels like it's just it's yeah the depth maybe it's just more people congregating it at the at the power programs that's causing it um i'm not sure but we lost travis uh, for the record so we're not gonna be able to pull anything up oh well who's moving the cursor there i see the cursor it's not it's it's you think it's your ghost cursor i'm looking at the cursor moving it's not he's not there anymore for those who don't know, our one of our producers has a meeting halfway through our podcast on Mondays and Wednesdays. So we only get him for the first 30 minutes. Shh, don't say that. Oh, no, see? See? It is no, but he's not scrolling. clicking indoor. He's not clicking it. Is that you, Colt? No, that's not Colt. me. That's not, no, that's Colt not me. Colt, no, Colt's commenting on the still. pod. That's still Travis. Man, I don't just, know what's he's, happening. He's head, he's, he's head faking me. He keeps, he keeps, I want him to click the indoor button, but he's not clicking the indoor button. Uh, is it though? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Wilson, Britton Wilson, your pick for a Bowerman finalist. Mm, made a good case over the weekend. How about a 400 flat 400 hurdle double at SCCs? How about that, Gordon? 50.05 and then 53.75. And then you want to throw in the, the four by four with that 48 second split. She had herself a weekend. You could put her right up there with Ophelia's three titles. Yeah, is the 400-400 hurdle double possible at NCAAs? Because that would be crazy if she did that. 
having to run four four hundreds, I guess technically six if you're also doing the relay, would be insane in like a forty eight yeah. hour period. I mean, well, well, I'll need to check the schedule on that one. But I mean, this is what it's you thought possible. was possible, though, because you were talking about her, you know, as the as the Bowerman, as a Bowerman finalist. Did you think? But was well, that the, just mostly on the strength of the four hundred hurdles? Yeah, it was on the strength of the four hundred hurdles. But the one reason why she probably isn't gonna win is that she's going to be forced to compete with a mark that Sydney McLaughlin put up. Seems a little unfair. So she can run a great oh, hurdle, but like, yeah. see, you're not breaking the collegiate record. And it's going to be a lot easier for, I think the women's 200 meter collegiate record is much weaker than the women's 400 meter hurdle collegiate record. And so Wilson kind of has mm-hmm. a little bit of a disadvantage in that situation. You know, so uh, let me just say this though. I looked it up. I believe this is the most updated schedule. They're 25 minutes apart. I don't care what time she runs. If she wins both of them, give her the Bowerman there. Don't even have a ceremony. Just have the Bowerman and give it to her. If she can win those two races, 25 minutes apart. How far away were they apart at SECs? Yeah, I don't see. Now you're asking for a lot of schedules. Because here's the thing the women's 400 in the NCAA is pretty good this year. It's going to take a, a solid time to run. And four-meter hurdles. They you were know, an a... hour and 20 minutes apart. Yeah. No, they were an I hour wouldn't apart. think They were an hour apart. I... She did an hour apart at SECs. Yeah. If she does it 25 minutes apart. Again, Hold on. Wait. Over the Bowerman. Wait, let's think about this track. again. At 6.05, she ran 50.05. Then at 7.05, she ran 53.75 in a 400 hurdle. Yeah. And then at 8.30, she splits 48 seconds. That's got to be the greatest three laps in an evening yeah. ever. Did she low-key just do the greatest low evening ever of track and field? 50-0, 53-48, all within like four hours. Yeah. Did Sydney, Sydney ever thirty for thirty on that triple? Did Sydney ever? She didn't triple her year at no. SECs, did she? Again, fifty flat, fifty three seconds, forty eight. I don't think anyone has ever done that before. I think you need to find Statman John, and he needs to figure that out and be like, "Has this ever been done before?" Because it hasn't. That's never been done before. I'm putting out the Statman John bat signal to figure that out. Yeah, McLaughlin, she just ran the four meter hurdles in the four by four. Yeah. Again, fifty flat, fifty three. She ran fifty three an hour after running fifty flat. So you're saying you're saying she might triple? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that is more that's more impressive than what Favor Philly did. That's more impressive than what well, Makai Harris did. That's the most impressive performance of the weekend. That is the most impressive performance of the year that's more impressive than Ari Knighton's 1949 like keep going it's the most impressive thing I've ever seen I think it's the most impressive thing I've seen while working at flow track that's more impressive than Safan Hassan's almost triple at world <laughs> athletics championships at, at the Olympics keep going that is more Moon impressive landing? Everest? Cesarex indoor triple. 
What? That's more. That's definitely. We more finally found something that for Gordon is more impressive than ever. Chesarex triple. That is more impressive. We've I'm sorry, but like, wide. that is more impressive than Chesarex indoor triple. You, 400 meter runners don't do this. They don't run three four hundreds that hard out this close to each other. Yes, you will see a 400 meter runner be able to come back from an open four and then just rip a four by four split. Mm-hmm. But like you do not see this. You might see a two four four where they two hundred four hundred double and then they close with a four by four, but you don't see four four four. Like you don't see that. Like that's the most impressive thing that's happened in track and field. I'm sorry. Name something more impressive at any level. It is, guys. I mean, maybe. I would still take, I would still take the Safanis on uh, almost triple, but that's just. Uh, NCAA-wise, though? McLa- do you think Sidney McLaughlin could do that? Sidney McLaughlin now or Sidney McLaughlin in college? Sidney McLaughlin now. Run 50 flat, hour break, run 53 in the 400 hurdles, hour and a half break, run 48 seconds. Yes, I do think she could do that now. Because you're talking you about a 400 hurdle time. She's a 51-second 400-meter hurdle runner. So I think she could, she could do all that. Yeah. Yeah, but like but it only counts if you do it. Energy, you could talk about all the you could talk about all hypothetical. Just take a lot want. out of you, man. You don't recover that quickly from 400s. Like Yeah, her recovery is incredible and good time to plug right now. Workout Wednesday coming up featuring none yeah. other than Britton Wilson. Doing what, Gordon? What do you think we got her doing? She did the greatest triple ever. And now oh, I mean wor- the workout. Wor- oh, what's in the I don't know what's in the workout. I haven't watched it. Uh, so I said guess, guess. What do you think she, she did? She did 400s? She just threw yeah, she was doing four hundred. That's what she does. I think she actually did four. Maybe four. It was three. Maybe or four. this workout's what set her up. Got. You got to watch the workout. Have, is what I'm saying. We have a time limit on this pod, but that's fucking incredible. Wow. Okay, Gordon's just getting. Well, I don't know why you're not as as like thrown off. Like you seem like it's not that big of a deal. You're very. No, like, I knew it was a big deal. I'm just why. I, I, I knew it was. You're just like coming to the realization that it's that big of a deal. That's well, why, yeah, that's why I said you... if she does it, if she does it at NCAA's, give her the power. Man, I, I just 25 minutes though is a lot different than an hour, so it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially, I mean, she could jog through the prelims, but with, I mean, um, Knight from Virginia is pretty good. Formula hurdler. I mean, Wilson's now half a second faster this year. But if you're tired, right? And then on the 400 side, you got Williams and you got uh, Young, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's – she would need to be like, what, 90% to win that race, I would guess. And – 25 minute turnaround is tough. Like you're finishing your race and then basically going directly to the call room, right? At that point. Yeah. You just stay on the track. Drink yeah. some Gatorade. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a bit different than, than an hour. But like we saw, we, I didn't even get to see it live. I missed history live because I had no idea that she was doing a triple and running that fast in those three times. Again, it's not even the triple. Like people can do three, four hundreds, but it's at the, your third one being a 48-second one. It's like, all right, what are we yeah. doing here? Come on. It's not like she ran 
50.9, then 54, and then split 50.1. She, mm-hmm. you know, she went world-class times all three levels. 53, that's the fastest here's time she, in the world right now. She ran the fastest time in the world in she, 400 hurdles. Yeah. Why don't you have, uh, I'm looking at your. My rankings are pre-SECs, bro. Yeah, but Knight from Virginia, you don't have her in there? They're pre this conference. She probably didn't run well up until this No, Drake. She ran fast at Drake. Is she redshirting? Hmm. Rankings wrong? I think she, she... No, I think she might be redshirting. Yeah, there there's go. nothing... I saw yeah. her at... She, she, was a, she was a Drake, but not at... A, Okay, but here's two. Now I'm looking at your rankings now. So you have Russell two in the four hundred. Sh- these rankings we shouldn't really be looking at because I'm just looking at names. I'm just looking for names. Biggest... Holmes. You have Holmes, uh, Simon, Williams, Diggs. So yeah, it would be it 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 would be difficult. But I saw Knight's name up there. I mean Knight had it must. Oh no, she ran at Mount Sac, not at uh, not at Drake. All right. Let's keep it moving. Um, other, I'm just gonna run through other college stuff. Uh, Faber Ash, ten oh four. Garcia Romo, three thirty six. Beat and collegiate record by two seconds. Uh, Vissa ran four oh eight. Trey Cunningham, thirteen thirteen. As I mentioned, Stacey and Williams, fifty point two. Big Twelve's also had a really good women's high hurdles. Roswell and Nugent. Zeller of Michigan, thirteen nineteen. Maybe a uh, a challenger. For uh, Cunningham, maybe, possibly, potentially. Uh, and then, collegiate record uh, in the men's discus out at Cal from Mykolas Alekna, 68.73. A um, couple high school results I want to get to before we do uh, kick of the week. Anything else on college? No, that's it. I could talk about Britton Wilson again if you want me to do another 10 minutes. but We'll save that. For a bonus pod. <laughs> Again, I think we're underestimating how crazy what just happened is. Mm-hmm. Kick of the week time. Actually, no, let's not do kick of the week yet. Sorry. Sorry, Colt. Sorry, sorry, sorry. High school stuff. Uh, two high school performances in the distance side I want to talk about real quick. Uh, Natalie Cook, 948, 3200 the Texas State meet. Where I'll just say the conditions were not that great. Hot this weekend in Texas, but just one second behind Caitlin Tui's record of 947 and 1300. And then Gary Martin of Pennsylvania. We saw him almost break four minutes in the mile at Penn Relays. He went to his uh, district meet, 357.98, becomes a 14th boy to break four minutes. What do you think? Thoughts? Gary Martin's 357. It's kind of wild. He did it in a random district meet. He won by 20 seconds. This, If you told someone eight years ago this would happen, they would be like, wait, what? Guys are in 357 in a district state meet by himself? It's mm-hmm. crazy. But here's the, here's, the, here's the crazy thing. When I ask you who is the best high school runner on the men's side right now, it mm-hmm. is who? Colin Salm. Colin Salm. 
right? Should we be thinking maybe Gary Martin should be in that mix? I looked it up. They've only raced once. They've only raced once in their entire high school career. It was mm-hmm. in a cross-country race that Colin Salmon won. It was so. Got to take that off. But, like, you look at Gary Martin's times when it comes to the 8 and the 15 and mile. It's better, if equal if not better, than Salmon. Salmon clearly has the better two-miler and 5K cross-country mm-hmm. prowess. But, like, Colin Salmon has yet to run 357 in a mile. Colin Salmon was 148. So is Gary Martin, I believe. Like, Colin Salmon's the one who's getting to go to Prefontaine Mile. Meanwhile, there's this kid from PA who's, like, throwing down mm. 357 solo. Basically, what I'm saying is, how do we get Gary Martin to race Colin Salmon? Do you think that because high school is now like so serious and in some cases mimics a pro schedule we zoom past some of these potential battles that were in a previous generation we might have seen people might have been talking about this more this might have been like the arcadia featured matchup yeah but it just became assumed oh these guys are gonna run it pre like this like it's weird to me that they're really that they, that they haven't raced. Because you go back I mean, to one I mean, lives in California, the other one lives in Pennsylvania. So them racing. Yeah, is Ryan Hall be... lived in California, and Alan Webb lived in Virginia, right? Yeah. And we, we well, we the saw reason why is in Michigan, and then now everything. There's so many different meets that there's people are on so many different schedules, but I, I just feel like I don't want to be back in my day, guy, but. Like you would have had that interest the whole year of, Hey, are these two guys going to scrub? Maybe there's just so many people too. Now there's so many kids capable of running this fast. That you don't no, know. I think it's be. the fact that Newberry park is kind of zagging away from a traditional high school schedule, which is what's caused okay. this. If Newberry park was staying more traditional with their high school scheduling and running mainly high school type meets, then we probably would see them match up because they would probably be like, yeah, we're going to Brooks PR. We're going to race Gary Martin, yeah. Brooks BR, but they're not. They're going to be like, we have bigger fish to fry. We want to go to pre So you think it's a Newberry thing? I think it's a Newberry thing. thing. Okay. I think if, yeah. So, but it's going to be interesting if we look back on this year, like 10 years from now, and it'll be like, who, who ran the fastest mile in 2022? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, it was Colin Solomon. It's like, actually, no, it's skipping PA. <laughs> Gary, Gary Martin. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I, it reminded me of German Fernandez at the state meet, California. Now, state yeah. meet in California versus this district meet in Pennsylvania, different. But Fernandez won that 1,600 by nine seconds, and then he won the 3,200 by 24 seconds. It was just like single, like just dominance. Because basically, if you're winning by five seconds – from the gun it doesn't matter if you're ahead by five seconds or 50 seconds there's no one near yeah, it's you the same. it's the same experience yeah if, yeah if you can't hear him you can't see him no one's helping you get that pace going it's uh pretty it's pretty straightforward um all right kick of the week time kick of the week uh went to the high school ranks here let's show this video so anytime a hurdle race pops up as going viral on track Twitter, I'm always 
a little worried. Is it going to be one of those where they just hit every single hurdle and then fall down? And in this case, there was a fall from Abigail Dennis of Old Tappan. But what happened next, Gordon, will shock and amaze you. Stayed on her feet. Great come from behind win at the Bergen County Championships. I think it's the kick of the week. You rarely see the hurdle. I don't think it's ever week. been a kick of the week in a 100 meter hurdles. Like, but this, this has got to be it, though. Time. Look, stumbles, then goes all the way down on the second hurdle. Third hurdle, it's rough, and then she gets into her rhythm, and you can see she's the, the class of the field. I just think it's, this is the time for a hurdle kick of the week. I don't think we're ever going to get a better opportunity than this. And I thank the Bergen County Championships for providing this race to us. She looked good when she got back up and she was like, she had good stuff. rolling. She was like moving. I mean, her, she got the win because the person she was chasing faltered on, I think, on the ninth hurdle. So that kind of gave her an opportunity to close the gap a bit more because she had to be flawless. But it's kind of wild to see that. I'm like, 100 meter hurdles, they're less than, I mean, high school level, what? They're 14 seconds long. You fall. You got to make up a lot. Like, it's – that's pretty wild. Yeah, that was a fun kick of the week. Um, I would love to see that happen at the pro level, but I don't think it's ever really possible. <laughs> Maybe in a tough. 400 hurdle. Maybe in a 400 hurdle. Mm -hmm. if, Carson, if Carson Warholm were to fall on the first hurdle of a 400 hurdle and he's in, like, a semifinal, so Rod Benjamin's not there and mm -hmm. Santos isn't there, do you think Warholm could fall in the first hurdle and still qualify for a final? Explain fall. Okay, it's the process of going from standing to on the ground. <laughs> he hits the first no, hurdle and he falls. He stumbles. Like all the way down, all the way down. Yeah, his hands touch the track. He does one roll and then he gets back up. And this is what? A semi-final. prelim? Semi-final, yeah. You know what? You know, we'll say first round. First round. We'll say first round. First round of yeah. in Eugene. Yeah, I, I think you could do it first round. Semi His rhythm, your rhythm would get so thrown off. Hurdles are like unlike any other race out there. Because then you got to get your – how do you get your step pattern back? Because well, you can jump over it. This high school kid figured out a way to do it? Yeah. No, that's, that's – this should be her college essay right here. It should be, they should be a link to the race. Yeah. Because if the essay prompts, show me a time in your life when you overcame an obstacle. How did you handle it? What was the obstacle? She should be like, here, check out this video. This is me doing it. Because that's rare to be able to get back in that type of rhythm. I think he could recover um, in, a, in a first round. Because I think he's, he's good enough to where he could just totally screw up his steps and he'd be fine. Semi might be tricky, though. Semi would be tricky. I would love it for an athlete to be so good that they purposely like mess with the field by falling or like the girl in the last week's kick of the week lose their shoe on purpose. Just to show like I am so good. I can do whatever I want in the first ten percent of this race and still beat y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I we'll guess you have to wait for that. 
ever since the Kentucky Derby horse said the greatest comeback, we had the, the seven-year-old who lost the shoe, and then now we have the Bergen County Championships. With, with Things happen in three. So, Things happen I guess in that's it. Yeah, just an amazing, amazing run of comeback. If you're if you're a fan of comebacks, it's been a great week, a uh, couple weeks for you. Um, checking in on the chat here before we move to the last segment here. What do we got? Um, Are they talking about Britton Wilson? You're so just being joking now, like seriously. I don't even know what that's in reference to. That's probably to my Britton uh, Wilson. Yeah, I'm... Mike says, what are you talking about? Julian Alfred, she ran 1081. Fall... Yes, I yeah, I screwed that up. Mea culpa. Screwed it up. The times got mixed in my head. I'm going to blame it on the fact I have three kids, and uh, I thought both of them were wind-dated. I'm sorry. Um, two of, two people... of your kids are wind-dated? <laughs> yes, two of the three are wind-dated. Uh, Caitlin <laughs> Tui fan says, she said she will not run 1,500. I would okay. like to see her run the 15. So th- it would be fun to see her run the 15. Because her race plan would be so clear. It would be like at ACC. Just to the front and go. And I think that would be kind of cool. Just to see who could match yeah. it. Like, you know who like, I want to see I, I run love... the fi- mm-hmm. What? Go ahead. You know who I want to see run the 15 at NCAAs, but won't? Mm. I want to see Abdi Hamaner run the 15. Oh, I thought you meant in the women's race. Okay. No, wouldn't that be kind of cool, though? If you would do like a 10K, 1500 so- double? The Safan Hassan? Yeah, why not? he could do it. He could jog a 10. He could definitely do a 10K 5, 1500 double. And then let his NAU boys take over the the 5K. Yeah. I think Abdi Abner, low-key, you should look at my U.S. rankings. I think Abdi Abner is the third best 1500-meter runner in the U.S. right now. In the U.S.? Yeah. <laughs> Name three people better than him. In the U.S. right now, races on Friday. Name three people who run faster than him. I can only name two. Wait, do you have him number one in the NCAA? No, because he's not, he's not going to run the fifteen. I have number three in the U.S. Dude, you look at the fifteen hundred at the U.S. level. Craig Angles isn't doing anything. Yard Nagus is hurt. Uh, Henry Wynn hasn't seen him. Colby Alexander, who ran out of his mind indoors, he hasn't run. Sam Prakel, Josh Thompson, I'm not banking money on those guys. Hobbs Kessler is nowhere to be found. Centro hasn't run yet. There's been only two consistent 1,500-meter runners. One is running the 5K, Cooper Tier. The other one's Cole Hawker. Like, wow. Abdi Abner has run 336. Wow. Look at who he's lost to. He hasn't lost to anyone relevant. He, like, he, he, he knows how to kick, and he just – he's run 13-0. Like, he can run a 5K, so, like, clearly he has that mm. world-class type talent. I low-key think he he has a better shot at making the 15 than the 5. There's no way Abdi Hamaner is beating two of the Bowerman boys, uh, Cooper Tier, and Paul Chalimo. He's not beating two of those guys. But I can see him beating one of Cole Hawker, Centro in the field. Yeah, hundred percent. He won't more be hotter, but Nur, Nur triple or Wilson triple, more impressive. Well, Nur's not doing a triple. A five k, ten k, fifteen hundred triple. That would be more you laid impressive. It out no one's ever clearly. done that. No one's ever laid done it out that. pretty clearly. Okay, not a triple at NCAA's. A triple at USA's. I guess it'd only be a double because the ten thousands before. I- 
Low-key, dude, Abdiyah Benera could, could freaking make a U.S. team this year in the 1500. The 1500 is weak as fuck. He can make Whoa. it. Oh, again, again, with the explicit label. Yeah. Don't need yeah. all that. All right. We get it. We understand it. Uh, last segment. It's Monday. I do if this was track. Look at a, another story from sports and apply it to the world track and field. And I wonder, hmm, what would happen if this occurred in our fair sport, track and field? And today's topic, I'm talking about game sevens. Because we had two game sevens in the National Basketball Association yesterday. And those are typically exciting games. But we got two absolute blowouts. And my friend texted me last night and said, what's going on with the NBA? What is going on with the NBA? These games are supposed to be closer. They're not the most beautifully played games, typically, but they're usually close. Now, track and field, we have game sevens, right? That's finals, winner take all. That's exactly the same sort of mentality and, and intensity that track and field fans are used to. Now, do we have blowouts in those finals sometimes? Yes. Do we have close races? Yes. And I would argue the blowouts, while I think they are kind of a problem for the NBA in terms of ratings and getting people tuned in, because I don't know how much you watch of those games, Gordon. Combined, I maybe watched 15 minutes, and I, I'm a very big NBA fan. Just wasn't into it. Just wasn't into it. They weren't close. But I would contest that not only do track and field fans not mind blowouts, we love blowouts. Some of the greatest moments in track and field come because of blowouts. I'm thinking about Usain Bolt, 2008 Olympics. The celebration, the fact that he was ahead by so much, I think made people enjoy that more. Now, of course, track and field, we have the clock, right? So we have the context of it being a world record so we can enjoy it even more. But then you think of other races. A thing, Mo, she didn't break the world record at the trials or at the Olympics, but she still put on a show. She dazzled. Now, Keely Hodgkinson was close, just like David Rudisha in 2012. Remember David Rudisha? Led wire to wire, broke the world record. Nigel Amos was there, but that race was never in doubt, just like a thing Mo's race was never in doubt. Um, if you go back to the sprints, Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, we thought it was going to be this battle between Thompson-Hurrah and Fraser Price in Tokyo. Was it close, Gordon? No, it didn't end up being close. Did anybody really care afterwards? Did anybody say, man, I wish this race was closer? Now, it helps because it's 10 seconds or two minutes, right? NBA games, they're longer, several hours. But I can think of another person competing who we don't mind watching blow people out of the water for two hours. And that's Iliad Kipchoge because we all love watching Iliad Kipchoge. Has he had a couple close races in his career? Yes. But in most instances, they have been big margins of victory where we just marvel at the man. Even if he's running a slower time, we don't care just because we like to see track and field greatness. So I don't think track and field will ever have a problem with lopsided competition. We have the clock, we have the record book, and we have the ability to just marvel at individual greatness. And in, we don't have to, we don't put down the competition either, right? When the Mavericks blow off the Suns, there's a million podcasts about what went wrong with the Suns when Iliad Kipchoge wins. It's not like, hey, what's wrong with the 
30 other elite athletes in the race. Why couldn't they contend with Ilya Kipchoge? No, all the attention goes to Ilya Kipchoge. All the attention goes to Rudisha, to a thing Mo, to Sam Bolt, to Elaine Thompson, hurrah. So I, just, I think I think track's in a, in a good spot here where we, we love the blowouts. Counter? Fair. Hit me with it. You may love blowouts, but nothing is better than a photo finish. True. Like, I would take True. a photo finish 10 times out of 10 over a blowout. Over a, mm-hmm. I would take a photo finish over a world record blowout. All the time. Because that's like, they're coming down the track. Like, a photo finish in a 1500, that's like, come on. You're seeing them with 200 meters to go. You have no idea who's going to get it. Seeing, yeah. you know, Allison Felix and Shawnee Miller-Webo and Miller-Webo dives at the line with that iconic moment. Like, I feel like that trumpet trumps any blowout. And so, while, yes, our sport doesn't mind blowouts because we can still enjoy the Bolts, Kipchoge's, the Thingmos. But at the end of the day, you go to you want to watch track and field live for that awesome photo finish moment or for yeah, that and we come got from two behind moment, you know. And we got two in particular good ones last year at the Olympics. It wasn't photo finish, but the two 400-meter hurdle races, right, were fast yeah. and historically good. I just think it's interesting, though, because I was thinking back, all right, what are the most – what are the track and field memories I have of watching? And it all was – a lot of them were those well, one-sided races. Yeah, the, the bolt race. Because the, Rudisha, again, he pulled everybody to PR. But once the gun went off and he took control, it was just two, a two-lap victory procession for him. That's, I'm going to zag one more time. Sure. I'm zag again. We're zagging one more time. Here's the thing, though. You, game sevens are not the same thing as finals. Because game seven means that there was a back and forth six times beforehand. Like... Boston won More three context. games. Milwaukee won yeah, three games. Yeah. So they both were losing and beating each other. So you expect it to stay close because if they're going to go three versus three, three, you, you yeah. think that the final game is not going to be a blowout. So in this situation, it would be like during a regular season, you see the same athletes race each other and there's constant like, all right, you got me here. Then I got you back. And there's like a back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you're expected to be close. And then one guy pulls away. And you're like, well, that's like, imagine if the 400 meter hurdles races that we had at the Olympics, imagine if those were blowouts, mm-hmm. we would kind of be a little disappointed. If Carson Warholm blew out Ride Benjamin and if mm-hmm. Sydney blew out the Lilla Muhammad, we kind of be like, that's awesome. But like, we wouldn't be able to remember it as like an all time race. Because you want mm-hmm. that second place finisher to be in it. The same way you want mm-hmm. the Bucks and the Suns to be in it in the fourth quarter, not yeah. turning it off and watching reruns of friends. So Yeah. Um, I guess the I only that's, thing I that's the yeah change. Yeah, the only counter to the counter there is just that's why I thought because Fraser Price and Tom Snorra did race each other a couple times last year. Like there was actually like some history, so I did think that one was going to be a little bit closer, over in ten seconds. But um, all in the game mentions uh, Kendallos walking down uh, Oregon and Purdue it was memorable. 
Yeah. Yeah. Close I mean, games. yeah, yeah. That would be one. I mean, I was there. That was the last race at Old Hayward, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll remember the USC Purdue four by four for sure. So, all right, that's it for the show. Like, Watch subscribe. Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, send in guess my PR because we're gonna do that again on Wednesday. So email the show with with workouts that you've done recently, and uh, I might pick you for the segment. Travis might follow up with the requests of like photos because we had the video which helped us last time, and then we had the photo which didn't help us at all for the second guess. So I want to get I want to get better at that. I want to get better at guessing the PRs after last week's second one, which is way I still apologize to the guy who wrote in. Told him you ran you threw me off with your with your perspective, so I blame you for my failure. Yeah, we should not. May, I mean, I want I want to talk talk it out, but I feel like I need to like think about it first. Fifteen twenty seconds of silence, which is great for podcasts, where I just actually like look at the information and think. Or maybe, maybe I'll talk play, it through. Like, but no. maybe we need like Jeopardy music or something while we're maybe thinking. Maybe Colt does his Colt, who's a classically trained improvisational comedian, could do like. 30 seconds, his best 30. Cole, what's your best 30 seconds like these days? It's a tight 30. Do a tight I 30. I don't think you guys understand what improv is if you're asking me for a tight I 30. I throw a scenario to you, right? All right, here's the scenario. You have to oh, fill God. in 30 seconds in oh, a podcast. No. Oh, no. Or we say like you, a random word, right? You and an old lady walk into a grocery store needing a carton of milk. Okay. There's one carton of milk left. Go. Okay. Uh, is anybody else playing in this scene, or is it just me? Like, no, it's just, just you. Talk to it's myself? your thoughts. It's what's going on. This in is your not head how. It, this is not improv, guys. Towards the milk. What's going All right, on? You're your on. When you see yeah. the old lady you're on whose line is it anyway? Right. Uh, you're on whose line is it anyway? And someone, someone prompts you with a really good question, and then you fill in. We'll we'll work no, on this for Wednesday. I, I want the carton of milk <laughs> scenario. I want to know. Okay. You think? Oh, I gotta out. You gotta like. Run I her think down and I'm faster than this old bag of bones. I can get there before she can. That's what exactly. I think. See, that's perfect. But you just need, we just need 30 seconds of that. But then right, as soon I'll, as you get the milk, guilt comes in. And there's shame. It's like, it's like yeah. when a dog catches the car. It's like, uh, I regret <sighs> this decision. Should have been Are there it. solo improv games, Colt? How no. does that work? Improv is no, innately not. two people at least. <laughs> well, you oh, can wow. have solo improv yeah. if you have personality disorder. Right or was it dual person? What's maybe the, you can talk to the type personality. Maybe you can talk to the YouTube comments during that time. Oh, well, maybe that can be. Oh boy! Like <laughs> choose choose your own adventure improv. Press one. That would be fun. Do you have any, we can figure. Do you have any impersonations? Do you know any voices? Can can you like a good? Uh, uh, no. I can kind of do Elizabeth Holmes, but that's not probably appropriate for the podcast. Theranos. Wait, like really? That. Yeah. Let me hear it. Do Elizabeth Holmes. Want to we'll end it. We'll, 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 sign us off with Elizabeth Holmes. Telling us to like and subscribe and then end the pod for us. Like and subscribe to the podcast. They think you can't do it and then you do it. <laughs> All right. That's it. Thanks a lot, Colt. Thanks a lot, Theranos. See you guys. See you guys